0: Welcome to Charity Chat, the ACNC's podcast coming to you today from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'm Karen Coghlan. We have a new Commissioner here at the ACNC. Sue Woodward started in the role just before Christmas. She was awarded a Member of the Order of Australia in 2021 for significant service to the not-for-profit sector, fundraising and the law, and she played an instrumental role in the formation of the ACNC. Sue is joining us today to tell us more about her remarkable career and contribution to the charity and not-for-profit sector and to look ahead at her vision. Sue, welcome to Charity Chat.
1: Delighted to be here, thanks Karen. I'd like to acknowledge perhaps right at the start that I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri land and to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and I'm grateful for their custodianship of this beautiful land.
0: So. I just will start by saying the ACNC Commissioner is a statutory appointment for a term of five years. You were appointed late last year and joined the ACNC in mid-December, so welcome.
1: It's it's great to have started. It's very exciting.
0: So your background is in law, but you've dedicated your career to working in the not-for-profit sector you've been involved in researching and working on legal and regulatory regulatory issues of importance to Australia's not-for-profit sector for 18 years. You've been involved also in community groups and held board positions on start-up as well as well-established charities. What drew you to the not-for-profit sector and why is it important to you?
1: It's been embedded in my DNA. I think I I was the person that really, you know, played community sport. I was the person when I was a student at uni that volunteered in various capacities as I had children and, and lived my life. I, I was, you know, involved in the community groups ar- around them and, and school councils and things like that. So it's been part of my DNA. I think there was a pivotal moment where uh, I was able to bring together both my professional expertise at the time and marry that with my passion for the sector. I sort of regard it as a bit of a light bulb moment that happened in an unlikely place. It was in the shower one day at a time when I had four young children, so possibly people listening to this podcast who have had that experience of having young children will know that that time in the shower is a very precious moment. And sometimes you have your clearest thought because you are not being interrupted. And for me, that was a moment where I realised that I could, by doing some research, at that time I was an academic at Melbourne University, I could bring together my knowledge and expertise about corporations, law, regulatory issues and governance with a sector that I really cared about and valued and, and wanted to know more about and contribute to. So that's what I suppose brought me to more in a more professional way being involved in the sector and um, that was a great start That's that's been the thread throughout the various positions I've held since then.
0: That's really interesting. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that mother time poorness. So you actually were involved in the establishment of the ACNC. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: I do feel I have, over various chapters, devoted a lot of time to this organisation and, and obviously looking forward to the time ahead. So in my role at doing that research project uh, that I referred to, which was a Uh, Australian Research Council funded project done in conjunction with Philanthropy Australia at the time as the industry partner. The recommendations that I wrote from that report was about the establishment of a specialist regulator for charities and not-for-profits, because I could tell that the needs of this sector and the the governance issues for this sector were different. So I, I wrote that report. Those recommendations, you know, managed to travel fairly wide and far. And I then had the great privilege of uh, also being able to work on a second recommendation, which was around a support service for the governance of um, particularly small to medium not-for-profits and legal support. That drew me to an organisation that's now called Justice Connect. And in that role, I was able to write policy submissions calling for the establishment of the what is now the ACNC and also managed to bring out a key figure from the UK Charities Commission to talk to uh, the sector and to government about their experience. Uh, David Locke went on to become one of the assistant commissioners at the start of the ACNC, and I think that was a really helpful way of moving the discussion forward. I then... Um, also managed to uh, have the privilege of being the inaugural director of policy and education at the ACNC when it began, in the task force, when, when it was the task force and then when it was actually established and for a couple of years after it was established. So it has been um, a path that I've been on for a long time. It's also been, I think, valuable for me to go back into the sector for the last seven years to sort of see the ACNC from the outside again, and to remember uh, the role that it can play and to see its growth and development in the time that I was back in the sector. So I feel now I'm uh, probably in in the happy place of being able to come back with greater insight, more um, at at, at a different stage of the ACNC, which I think is very exciting.
0: Can you just tell me, you spent your career in the not-for-profit sector, can you just give us a bit of detail about that experience?
1: Well, going back to the research I did at at the university, one of the other key recommendations I made, as I, I think I just mentioned briefly, was the need for uh, back office support for small to medium charities, and particularly one in one area was the, the legal side of it. So I did have the great privilege of being able to work to implement that recommendation as well. And I have spent, in, in two chunks, um, I worked at what's now called Justice Connect, helping to establish and then run the not-for-profit law service there, which does provide free information and advice and training to the sector, and and has over a long period of time. So, that that enabled me to see the full breadth of the sector, to be, to understand all the the, the broad range of legal and governance issues that they would come with. Um, I always enjoyed when I I had chances to go out and deliver training face to face to people in regional areas. For example, it keeps you very grounded on on the the issues that people are facing in trying to do their best to run their organisations. I did also have a period of time working for in the philanthropic sector, which has also been um, was a great experience because, again, I got to see the real breadth of uh, applications and funding and projects in that regard and to go out and meet people face-to-face and interview them about their projects. And I also learnt a lot about how the the grant making works and the philanthropic side of it, and actually how hard it is to give away money. Well, which I can seem surprising when you look from the outside. And I've also, I did also manage to have time within government. Uh, I had a secondment to Prime Minister and Cabinet for six months. So, at the time that the ACNC was being scoped and established, so it was that was also a great uh, balancing insight. So I feel like I've managed to touch all areas. I've been an academic. I've worked in pri- private legal practice. I'm a qualified lawyer. I've worked in the not-for-profit sector in, in different spaces. I've uh, worked in the philanthropic space. I've worked in government. And I've also had what I regard as one of the highest privileges, and that is to be on the board of a range of organisations, of charities, uh, from very small startups to well-established national peak bodies, uh, and that is always, um, you know, one of the best groundings to knowing what the community that we're regulating at the ACNC face because I've had that hands-on experience of being in, on on boards and working with other people on boards and, and learning a lot about the importance of good governance.
0: Okay, so that's really, I guess that's, uh, you know, why what attracted you to the role in, in that sense, is that right?
1: Yes. I was attracted to coming back, not because I think we need to go back to the start when I was first there, but because I think what excites me is that there's an opportunity to think about the next decade for this regulator. and and you know, it was exciting being involved in a startup. it was pretty hard. Uh, and that that's one point. And now I think it's an opportunity to take this organisation to be, the best it possibly can be as a world-class charities regulator because there's that foundation there and it's time to reflect on those 10 years. What what has been learned? What can be done better? And there is still that really strong base of the well-established act to guide the organisation about exactly what its role is and what it's to do. That's its core functions. But with the objects that are in the act, there's also an opportunity to um, use those as a guiding point of how we implement our statutory duties under the Act.
0: Right. So that probably leads us to the next uh, question really is how do you see the role of the regulator in the sector?
1: I firmly believe, as is evident right back to the research report in 2004, that the regulator has a really pivotal role. It has a role as a regulator that supports public trust and confidence in this sector. And this sector is different to the business sector because it's it relies on discretionary contributions. So if people are going to donate money to the sector, if they're going to volunteer their time, they need to have trust and confidence that by doing so, their funds are going to be used for the charitable purposes that they intend them. And I think as a regulator, we pay that critical part and we can play that part in a variety of ways. At the very core of it is... By having, a, you know, freely available online register that you can search on your phone, if you're going to donate or volunteer, you can find out information. So your decisions are better informed, and you can look to see what the organisation's doing. You can have some confidence that it's meeting its its obligations to comply with things like the governance standards, and that it's reporting and you know providing that sort of level of transparency. And I think all of that means that we have a healthier, more vibrant and innovative sector, stronger sector, which I firmly believe is the glue that helps our whole society stick together. Uh, If COVID taught us nothing, it taught us that local communities, people connecting with each other was a critical way to get through, you know, a really, you know, in all our lifetimes, first time experience of a pandemic and a serious uh, threat like that. It shows that if people connect, their mental health is going to be better. And one way they connect is through local, statewide, national, international community charities and organisations. And we're at the very heart of that in Australia to make sure that we give that underpinning, that that strength to the sector.
0: Right, helping them to operate and uh, supporting them. So, I mean, you've been, obviously, now you're in the regulator and you've been extensively out in the sector. And what are the key issues you think are facing the sector?
1: Well, that could go on for quite a while. But I think some top points I would make is that it's much more complex running a charity often than it is running a business. There are all the laws that you need to comply with because you're running an organisation, so that's the usual laws about privacy, paying staff, renting premises and so forth. But on top of that, there's extra laws that apply to charities and they can include things like the fundraising laws and different charity tax concessions. In terms of the issues facing the sector beyond that at the moment, I think the workforce is clearly a big one. So the paid workforce, there's competition for staff and the sector cannot always pay the same salaries that apply in the business and government sector. But particularly too, there's the volunteer workforce. And we know that there ha- that workforce took a huge hit over COVID and we're seeing patterns, mixed patterns about how that workforce is coming back and yet it's absolutely vital for this sector. We know from our ACNC data that more than 50% of all charities have no paid staff. So, if there are issues around your volunteers and bringing them back safely and and encouraging them to take up roles, that's going to be massive. There's a big red tape issue for this sector. A lot of the laws are not fit for purpose, a lot of them are complex, as we've as I mentioned before. And I think, again, I'm glad that the ACNC has a specific object to try and work to support the sector with the reduction of red tape. And we do prioritise that. Funding, you know, the basics, staff and money. Uh, With the money, there's often the sector faces short-term funding contracts. There can be uncertainty. If you've only got funding for another 12 months, it can be hard to do that long-term business planning that you might want to do in order to work out how best to achieve your mission. Clearly, the sector has been concerned about advocacy and and what advocacy it can do without uh, undermining its charity status. And there's been confusion, I think, about that, even though uh, the ACNC has probably done its best to clarify that advocacy for your charitable purpose is an acceptable form of advocacy. So, you know, there's other issues, hot topics like cryptocurrency that we put out guidance on recently. There will be new and emerging issues that we'll be looking out for to make sure that we're aware of what's affecting the community that we're involved in regulating.
0: Great. Thanks, Sue. You're the new Commissioner now. And I was just wondering, is there any message that you'd like to say to the sector now that you're in this position?
1: I'm here to listen. I think it's really important that we understand the issues that the sector is facing. We get feedback about uh, our service delivery and ways that we can constantly be improving. And I am certainly ready to listen. I don't come to this role, assuming that I know everything about the sector because I have been working in the sector for so long. The sector is very diverse. The charities that we regulate cover a very, very broad range of organisations. And as well as listening to the experience of the staff at the ACNC who have been doing this role, often in quite challenging circumstances in terms of COVID themselves and what's been happening since I was last here, Listening to internally, committed to uh, engaging with the sector externally, listening also to uh, the people that are funding, providing funding to the sector, whether that be government or philanthropic. And philanthropic is is very interesting because they are also, you know, regulated charities, but they also have a role in giving out funding. So that, that's that two-handed approach is is quite interesting, I think, to, to make sure that they're included in that conversation.
0: Uh, look, it's been really lovely to speak to you today, Sue, and for our audience to hear from you directly. You acknowledged as a leading not-for-profit expert, and we've learned more about you today, but I wonder if there's something more personal that not everyone would know that you'd care to
1: share. <laughs> oh, uh, let me think. Uh, well, one fun fact I, a fun fact I often uh, roll out when you do those little exercises and you have to have a fun fact is that I have four children. Uh, they're all born four years apart. I did start with twins though, so that was that was a good way to start. And they've all got birthdays in the same week of the year, which also happens to be the week that includes my birthday. So if you think of all all that in one week, it used to be a pretty busy time.
0: Yes, indeed, that would have been very busy. Thanks very much. I've been speaking to Sue Woodward, AM, the new ACNC Commissioner. Thanks for your time today, Sue. Thank you. Charity Chat is produced by the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profits Commission. Check out the ACNC website for a range of free resources to help your charity manage governance. There's guidance, webinars and online short courses. And there are lots of ways to stay up to date with all the latest ACNC news. If you go to our homepage, you can find links to past episodes of the Charity Chat podcast and to follow us on social media. And you can subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter, The Charitable Purpose. Head to acnc.gov.au.